was camped directly behind Griffin's cabin and raised an American flag. That did not sit well with Griffin, who deputized one of the shepherds, Thomas Holland, to arrest Weber. When the newly appointed constable tried to serve the warrant, though, Weber pulled a gun and leveled it at the shepherd's chest. This was the first threat of violence in the conflict, but neither side pressed the issue. Griffin had Holland back down, and Evie ordered Weber to stay on the island and keep track of the taxes Griffin owed without trying to collect them. For a few months, things were quiet. Later that year, though, another American official, the commissioner of the newly formed Whatcom County, William Cullen, took an interest in the sheep. Like Evie, Cullen believed San Juan to be an American island and decided Griffin owed taxes. Four times the county sheriff demanded $80.33 in back taxes from the sheep farm, as Mike Vorey writes in The Pig War, standoff at Griffin Bay. And in March of 1855, when Griffin once again refused to pay, the sheriff brought a group of Americans to the island for a tax sale. They rounded up a portion of the sheep, auctioned them off, and got 34 of them into boats before Griffin and his herders knew what was happening. Griffin called in reinforcements, and a British ship pursued the Americans in their sheep-filled boats through the contested waters before giving up the chase. For the next few years, tensions on the island stayed low, as Griffin oversaw the growth of the farm to close to 4,500 sheep, along with pigs and other animals. But in 1859, American settlers started arriving, intent on setting up their own farms. One brought 20 cattle. These newcomers did not take much stock in Griffin's presence there. One new farm was located smack in the middle of one of Griffin's best sheep runs. Despite their best efforts, the humans on the island had managed to avoid direct conflict, but the animals were less discreet. In summer 1859, one of the pigs from Griffin's farm discovered a plot of tempting tubers on the farm of American Lyman Cutler and availed himself of the delights. Cutler, having fended off this same pig before, could not stand for this theft. He shot the pig. That unceremonious execution quickly escalated. Griffin wanted payment for the dead pig, but dismissed Cutler's offer of $10. The price, he said, was $100, a bounty Cutler was unwilling to pay. According to Cutler's account, Griffin then lost it, as Vorey recounts in his book. It is no more than I expected, Griffin allegedly told him. You Americans are a nuisance on the island, and you have no business here. I shall write Mr. Douglas and have you removed. Cutler, by his own estimation, stayed cool. I came here to settle for shooting your hog, he said, not to argue the right of Americans on the island, for I consider it American soil. To be fair to the poor deceased pig, Cutler's decision to fire was not the only source of tension on the island. When General William Harney, who commanded U.S. military forces in Oregon, visited the island, the settlers regaled him with many tales of woe. But the pig story stuck in Harney's head. After hearing about the settlers' tensions with the British and native tribes, Harney decided to dispatch a small unit of troops to protect the Americans there, and in his report to his superiors about the decision, the pig incident loomed large. By the end of July, a unit of 66 American soldiers, led by Captain George Pickett, had settled on the island. The British couldn't abide this, and two days later a British warship showed up off the coast. Douglas, the governor, urged the Navy to send still more ships and land troops on the island. By August 3rd, there were three ships off the coast. In a parley with the British naval officer in command, Captain Jeffrey Phipps Hornby, the American picket held fast to his position that if British troops attempted to land, he would have to stop them. Once again, the two sides had come to the brink, and cooler heads prevailed. Hornby held back, but both sides built their forces over the next few weeks, until there were hundreds of American soldiers on San Juan and more than 2,000 British sailors in ships. Meanwhile, the island settlements had grown to include more than one groggery, 
and shacks brought over from an abandoned camp in Bellingham Bay where soldiers could find whiskey and women. Civilians from Victoria also sailed to the island to watch the conflict unfold. When leaders on both sides heard about what was happening, they immediately decided to de-escalate the conflict. By the fall, both sides had agreed to draw down their forces, until there was just one company of American soldiers on the island and one British ship off the coast. In March, the two countries agreed to jointly occupy the island, with an American camp on one end and a British camp on the other. This was the situation for the next 12 years. In 1871, a few years after William Gladstone became Prime Minister of England, the countries agreed to decide their remaining land disputes through arbitration. Both made their cases before a commission appointed by Germany's Kaiser Wilhelm I. The next year, the conflict was finally resolved. The border would go through Harrow Strait, and San Juan Island would be American. In the end, the only life that was lost was that of the hungry pig that gave the war its name. <laughs>